Bibles will turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 22, Proverbs chapter 22, and uh, man, I am just encouraged in my spirit. Um, this church just truly has been a blessing to watch the worship, and so many times we can move into a vein of worship like we experienced, and then, all right, we're ready to roll, and let's go home and get, let's beat the Baptist today, right? But as um, I pondered this process, um, pastor came up to me and he said, you you feel comfortable taking it after this? I said, absolutely, because I know I've got a word from God. And and so I want to to admonish this church that that you all are, you guys are about to blow beyond the walls. I'm just, I'm not, I don't get up here just to say stuff. I just... There's something because a church that hungers for a deep move of God and then hungers for a deep word from God. See, a lot of churches, they have a deep move of God and then they go get lunch. But a church that will say, God, saturate us with your word. Because I need something that's going to give me revelation for this next week. That is the churches that God is going to explode in these last days. And so I want to encourage you to continue. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 15. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. The rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Then if you back up to Psalm 23, verse 4, the Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. In the first passage of scripture, the rod drove out. But in Psalm, he said that same rod can be the same rod that brings comfort into my life. So, for a few minutes this morning, I want to preach on this subject thought. A revelation in the midst of your insanity. Revelation in the midst of your insanity. Sanity. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you pray with me that God would have his way? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness, Jesus. God, I thank you for your mercy. God, I thank you for your kindness. I thank you, God, for what you are doing in the midst of this congregation of people in Salem, Illinois. God, I thank you for what you're going to do in the lives of these people. I thank you for the transformation that's going to take place, God. I thank you for every individual on the sound of my voice that is here today that will allow themselves to be filled with your spirit, God. That today salvation can happen, God. I pray now, Lord, as we conclude our time together, let your anointing fall in this midst, God. Help me to do a good job, Lord, and we won't fail to give you the praise and give you the glory. God for all that you're going to do in Jesus name we pray in Jesus name we pray clap your hands into the Lord one more time and give Jesus some praise we give you glory Jesus we give you honor oh come on somebody clap your hands all ye people 
and shout with the voice of triumph. For the Lord, He is good. For the Lord, He is great. For the Lord, He is mighty. For the Lord, He is awesome. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. You may be seated in the presence of our King. Now this morning, before we get started, I, I do want to make a, a small disclaimer that I do not take any responsibility if a parent experiences any chaotic moments in their life after I read the next few things. Are we, are we all on the same page? Okay, here we go. As I was sorting through my introduction for this morning, um, I decided to once again type in Google or go to Google and find out what Google has to say about a few things. And so when I typed in, I went to Google, um, I typed in uh, what drives parents insane. What are the top three things that drive a parent insane? Enter. This was my finding, Sister Teresa. It resulted in finding the first top five things that parents do to drive kids crazy. I thought, well, that probably is not going to be good to preach to a bunch of parents what drives their kids crazy. So we went back to the drawing board, and I refreshed my search again, and I, I changed a few words to try to figure out something, and this is what I came up. The top ten ways to annoy your parents. You got your notepad out? Y'all listen in youth class. Thank you, Sister Heather. Here it is. Number one, fail at your chores. <laughs> What's chores? Okay. Maybe we do live in a new day. Hallelujah. 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 Ignorant. Hallelujah. He's coming in April. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Number two, pester your parents with repetitive habits. Is anybody going it? See, there it is. There it is. I found it. She's lucky she's the pastor's wife. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She's, she's looking out for you all. She said, I'm saying it for all you all. Number three, try some sabotage. Now, my kids got this. They got it. They got it under wraps. In fact, I brought the two sabotagers of the family. Come here, boys. Come on. I know what I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> if you were here last night, you get that one. So these two right here, we call them Mutt and Judd. 
I don't know why, but we just do. And they are two of the funniest kids on the planet. This one is truly the middle of the family. We have five boys. Five boys. We got, a bat, we got our starting basketball team. We might not be able to be very tall, but we'll run you to death. Amen. <laughs> this is the middle of the bunch. This is, we call him King Bryler. King Bryler. Because we thought he was going to be the baby and then little Princess Wesley came along and now destroyed his kingdom. So, um, but, 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 oh, I said princess, sorry, Prince Wesley, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Lord have mercy, I wanted a girl, that's what, what happened, that last was it, amen. And so last night we were at the hotel and I love to bring my boys with me when I travel. Thank you, pastor, for being so kind to them. I, I just want them to be with me and, and we have fun and, and I don't want them to resent my traveling and different things. And so I bring them with me and, and I mean, if we're less than 10 hours, we'll drive because I can take them with me. And so uh, we, we, we get in the room and we're, we're having a great time and they're just kind of chilling out. And all of a sudden, without even communicating, I walk in the room, and Lyndon says, Dad, you should see if your clothes are hung up in the closet. I thought, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. So I went to the closet, and as I opened up the closet, brother goes, ah, scared the living daylights out of me. <laughs> Sit down. You're fired. You were getting paid to come on this trip, but now it's too late. You're not getting jack squat diddly, but a spanking when you get home. The rod shall drive that foolishness out of you. Try some sabotage. Don't try it after church, though. Okay, I'll get in trouble. Wait a few months. Hide, uh, number four is hide your parents' stuff. Oh, my God in heaven. I, I hit a vein in the Holy Ghost. We might be here till 3 o'clock now. No, just kidding. Um, number five, embarrass your parents in public. Woo, it's getting deep in here. Number six, say insulting but honest things. Dad, you said princess, not prince. <laughs> Start talking in an annoying way. I won't do that, sister. I promise I'll spare you. Be loud. Be smart in a dumb way. And number 10, be weird. I mean, think about this. I mean, seriously, this is insane. There is actually a website designed to teach you how to annoy your parents. So, I think we get the gist and make, and really, maybe we can even make some sort of parallelism that we can put insane and foolish on the same platform. Too many foolish or even one foolish action can cause someone to literally go insane. Insanity really is the byproduct of foolishness. I could probably just even take a shot in the dark this morning and guess that there are some folks in this house who have probably been in some insane situations. 
demons or are going insane now like the pastor's wife or or have become subject to insanity either caused by your own decisions or choices of others. Insanity at the core of who it really is is just the accumulation of chaos in my book. But Webster defines this it like this. Insanity is defined as mental illness, madness, dementia, lunacy, instability, mania, psychosis, craziness, folly, foolishness, madness, idiocy, stupidity, lunacy, silliness, and craziness. Life is filled with chaos and foolish elements every day we wake up and breathe. It's going to happen no matter how prepared you are or not. It's going to happen. Chaos is bound to happen at any moment of your day. It's just bound to happen. Situations are going to happen. Life is going to happen. It's going to be filled with simple or with with chaotic moments. Uh, But I'm here today to tell somebody when you've been filled uh, with the baptism uh, of the Holy Ghost, uh, when you have the name of Jesus uh, applied to your life in baptism, and when you repent uh, of all of your sins, uh, there's something that takes place uh, in the spirit realm. uh, And it doesn't matter uh, what happens in the natural. I have a God uh, who cares about me uh, that even though I walk uh, through the shadow of death, uh, his rod is there to comfort me. It's going to happen. So you have no reason to go insane. You can't drink water with a bottle with a cap on. You will go insane. See, and sometimes I feel like there's no way out of my situations. Sometimes I feel like, will I be overcome and taken back by all this crazy stuff that's going on in our world? I I, I sometimes, with even in myself as a young church planner, I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just just trying to love people as best I can. I'm just trying to have people in my life like your pastor that I can glean from from a distance and see what's going on and see what I want to do and and all these different things. But but, but, but I, I have found as we look to the Bible that there truly can be a picture of revelation that comes in our life in the midst of the chaos in the midst of the struggle in the midst of setting up every week and tearing down every week and going through the process of things that we do it's the body of Christ and so we look in 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 9 the Bible says and he came thither into a cave and lodged there and behold the word of the Lord came to him and he said unto him what doest thou here Elijah and he said I have been very jealous uh, for the Lord God of hosts uh, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant uh, thrown down thine altars uh, and slain thy prophets with the sword and I even I am only here left uh, and they seek my life uh, to take it away and he said in the midst of his turmoil 
the midst of sorting through the situations, in the midst of sorting through his life being taken, so to speak, the Bible says, go back to that passage of verse right there. The Bible says, and he said, go out, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by. And behold, the Lord passed by. Come on, somebody. You got to get to the mount. You got to get to the mount. You got to get to have a visitation with God. Don't stay in the valley. Don't stay in the valley of despair. But get to the mount where revelation can move into your spirit and into your soul. got to the mount before the Lord and the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake and after the earthquake a fire but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire a still small Revelation came to Elijah in the midst of his chaos and chaotic happenings in a still, small voice. What is unique here, though, is that this is the first time in the KJV that the word earthquake even appears. So what is happening here? is a picture of something catastrophic that Elijah had no clue what in the world this is because it had never been documented to this point. So all of a sudden, this this moment happened, the earthquake earthquake and Elijah is saying what in the world is this I've never seen this before I, I don't even know what's going on I don't understand and I know many of you in this house today from the youngest uh, to the oldest have probably been in a situation where you have said oh my god how in the world is this e- even possible how is this even I don't even understand there's no I've never seen anything like this uh, I'm here today to tell you it does not matter what the doctor says uh, it does not matter what science says Come on, somebody. The doctor told my dad 27 years ago that you'll be hemmed up in a wheelchair the rest of your life. And this Parkinson's disease will destroy your life. But 27 years ago, just a few Sundays ago, my father got out of that chair and ran around the sanctuary. Because God is able to do anything. Don't let the chaos, don't let the insanity drive you to a grave. But let it drive you to a bed. Of revelation to amount of revelation. You see, this is the first time that the word earthquake appears, so Elijah has a is having this moment happen to him. It's never been documented before. A situation that is completely unfamiliar with him yet. When all the fire and all the wind clear, right in the middle of it all, a still small voice speaks into his soul. I have come to Salem 
Illinois today to not preach to you a fancy refurbished conference message that will shake your worlds or burn like fire or blow through your being. But I've come to pour out my soul to this amazing group of people that with you, the voice of a loving God, he cares about you. He loves you. It doesn't matter if you just got out of prison. It doesn't matter if you've been in prison. It doesn't matter if you've had a horrible life. It doesn't matter if you've had a horrible situation. We serve a God that said, I will not leave you comfortless. I pour out my spirit. I pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All I need you to do in the midst of your chaos is throw your hands in the air. All I need you to do is repent of all your sins and I will fill you with my spirit. 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 In the middle of all the chaos. In the middle of all. Oh, now I'm ripping everything apart. In the middle, I better put this over here. I'll step on it, destroy it. In the middle of all the chaos, the Lord speaks Jehoshaphat and says, People of Israel, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. What the devil has meant for evil. God is per- I feel the Holy Ghost at the Apostolic Church. What the devil meant for evil flooded your building. Come on, somebody. There's an apostolic revival that's hovering over this church. He's just looking for some people that will take in the middle of the chaos and let revelation move into your soul, move into your spirit, and move into your... Somebody clap your hands to Jesus. If you believe this, come on, let your praise ring in the house. I feel Jesus. Somebody just needs to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't look at your trial as your end. Don't look at your trial. As your end. But look at, look at, look at it as the beginning of your triumph. I will triumph on your head. You see, when Adam and Eve gave in to sin and disobedience, it wasn't the end. Jesus didn't say, oh, I guess it's over. They messed up. No, he said it's just the beginning of the Son of God being revealed in flesh because I got a plan. You're not going to die in the valley. You're not going to die in the valley. But if you'll just keep on walking, if you'll just keep on moving, if you'll keep taking one more step into the promised land, I promise you, you will dance on the devil. You will dance on the devil's head. But you can't dance if you're sitting down. 
I ain't never seen anybody dance really well sitting down. Stand still. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. They begin to pray. They begin to fast. And all of a sudden, they go out to the battle. The still part was not standing still. The still part was standing still in your mind that the devil is not going to win this battle. Because when they walked out to battle, they begin to sing. And they begin to yada the Lord. If you study the Jewish culture, their praise is not like the Western culture. That's us in the Western culture. I'm not making fun of anybody. But that's us. We, we find our own groove. We got autonomy in worship. Okay. But in the Jewish culture, there was a process to it. And they would get to moving. And they would get to worshiping God. The enemy's out there with swords. I don't care. I'm standing still in my spirit. But my soul. Some of you need to shake yourself free in the Holy Ghost. And just begin to yada the Lord. I promise you, right in the middle of your hell, God has the ability to release the power of the Holy Ghost and set free them that are captive. You see, Titus chapter 3, verse 1 through 6 says, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brothers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. In other words, we're instructed to refrain from foolishness as much as it possible in the situation of dealing with mankind. But just because foolishness happens does not mean that we cannot hear from God or God cannot move and get us out of our insane situation. Because the next verse says, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. Disobedient. Deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But verse 4 says this. But after that, the after all that, after all the foolishness, after all of the... The kindness and love 
of God, our Savior, appeared to all men. And verse 5 says this, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the... by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. If you want to find peace, you need to renew the Holy Ghost in your life. You need to stir up the gift of God in your Holy Ghost. Revelation in the midst your insanity you want to find that still small voice of the Lord you got to find the revelatory word of God in the middle of a foolish insane environment that's why Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 and I'm bringing it for a landing How long that landing takes, we don't know. (laughs) That's where I got it from. Hallelujah. You taught me well, Elder. You taught me well. (laughs) There's people in the back saying, oh, God, here we go. That's all right. Revelation's coming, I promise. First Corinthians, I was just giving them time to get the scriptures. They're amazing back there. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. And I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block unto the Greeks foolishness but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men what are you waiting for get on up get on up get on up get on up and let God move you. I don't care if you're eight years old. I don't care if you're 88 years old. God's got a call. God's got a purpose. God's got a plan. God's got something for your life. You just got to find revelation. Revelation in the midst of your insanity. Your revelation is just about to unfold, and it happens when the Spirit of God shows up. John 16, verse 13. How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. That's your pastor. 
I saw, I saw the face. I'll forgive you. If you would have just sat there stone-faced, I would have bawled you out. But you went, you're forgiven. Mercy. Mercy. I, I just love how God uses practical application in the middle of my messages all the time. You need to come to this man and have a conversation about life. Don't try to do it on your own. You need a pastor in your life. I wasn't giving you high fives. Stay away, Jack. No mercy for you. No, I'm just kidding. I love you. Mm. Yeah, that'll teach you to try to slap the preacher's hand when he walks by. How about that? He needed that, huh? Yeah. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the rod, turn around, kid. Let me give you a pow-pow. You need to come to your pastor. But one of my pastors looked at me one day, and he said, I won't talk to anybody unless they've prayed. He said, when I cancel people, I look at them and I say, have you prayed about this situation? If, he said, if they said no, then he says, you go back and you pray, and you get a word from God, and then you come talk about it. I'll confirm whether or not we've heard from God or not. It's your flesh. Because God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak into your life. He don't got time to try to manage 1,500 people's lives. Or how about 9,000? He's the pastor of the city. There's no way. But it's always been within our flesh and our natural capabilities. In fact, it happened at the Mount Sinai. All of a sudden, the thunder and lightning, chaos, boom, all this stuff. And the people come to Moses and said, Moses, you go talk to God about the situation. God came down directly to the people of Israel. And they said, no, Moses, you go talk to God. nothing wrong with calling your pastor in fact call him and say pastor will you pray it because it's biblical where two or three are gathered in my name but if you call your pastor with no faith and you say pastor pray for my need it ain't gonna happen but if you have faith and your pastor I know has faith God's, oh, I better show up and show out. So the Spirit of God, he said, shall lead you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whosoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he shall show thee things to come. The reason why people can't find answers in the middle of their chaotic worlds is because they are not filled with the Spirit of God. Because the first year and a half, I thought I was that all that in a bag of chips uh, as a church planner. I went into Oxford thinking, my God, I've been the youth pastor at the largest churches in America. I come from the largest church in America in Stockton, California, Brother Haney. I got this. I, I preach this. I preach this. My God, it's going to be simple. God said, <laughs> yeah, that's what God was laughing just like that, Grandma. He was like, <laughs> thank you for laughing at me. I appreciate that. 
really feel good in my spirit now. Finally, God woke me up one day and said, hey, Slick. When you're ready to give the reins over to me and let me build the church, we'll build a church. I said, oh, really? (laughs) All right, here you go. And now instead of walking into a pile of mess, I said, God, you lead. Oh, there's a pile of mess. We're going to work around there right there. I'm doing a series right now at our church on unity. We're the strongest we've ever been as a church right now. In fact, one of my board members, my elders, came up to me the other day. He said, Pastor, he said, our church is the strongest it's ever been in the youth of his church. I said, yeah, it's because I'm preaching on unity ahead of time. Because God's been leading me saying, hey, don't wait until you get in a mess to start talking about unity. Why don't you talk about how powerful unity is uh, and all of a sudden diffuse uh, discord. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, you got to let the revelation uh, of God, uh, you got to let the Holy Spirit uh, lead you uh, and guide you. John 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but you see me because I live. You shall. You shall live also. So quit dragging your lip uh, to the ground and get on up. uh, Get on up. uh, Get on up. uh, Get on up. uh, And see the power of God be shown uh, miraculous in your life uh, through the power of the Holy Ghost. Revelation in the middle of insanity. I come to a close. No more. This is all it says. (laughs) Pastor said it don't matter. (laughs) You're right. You're right, Elder. (laughs) It's hard for the student to get by the teacher. Jesus has been talking about this Holy Ghost and the Comforter. And then he dies. And then all of a sudden, chaos happens. You preached about life, and you died. That's kind of weird. You want another sweaty hug? Yeah, you learned your lesson, didn't you? See that? Jesus says, man, it's chaotic. It sounds like chaotic. And then all of a sudden, see, let me, let me just stop for two seconds. I won't be long on this, I promise. But service leaders, worship leaders, okay, let me tell you something. It is so, you are not just getting up reading announcements. You are not just getting up, well, saying something cool that you can pass the time. No, you are divinely put in place to prepare the process of the service. A service is a It's a ballad.
It's a process. We walk through the door. We have fellowship. We, say, we do this. Let me tell you something. You, you thought you were just telling a cute little story about your little girl. You just want us to feel bad for you. That's all you did. Oh, I've been waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I, yeah, 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 yeah. Who's your wife? She's in the battle. She's back with a baby. Oh, poor fellow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all... There's going to be some people that hate my guts. Mercy, brother. Mercy, mercy. But when he was telling that story, he was setting up the message. Because in the middle of his insanity of getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, a revelation was coming to him. Some of you get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and say, my God, what is this? i got to lay here. No, why don't you get down on your knees and start interceding for your pastor and start interceding for the city and start crying for the 9,000 people that live here. What are you waiting on? Let your insanity produce a revelation from God. Then pastor sets up in Acts chapter 2. One accord, one place. In my notes, what's that say? Oh, give it to him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what does that say right there? What? Acts 2. Acts 2? Acts 2. Awesome. Give him a hand. He did a great job. You want the sweaty face? You want the sweaty face? There you go. Good job, son. See that? It pays off. It pays off to be obedient. Because he he read. You could have got it, but you didn't read. He read. And that's exactly what we do in the Holy Ghost. Hey, God, give it to him. I don't want to read. I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. I'm unsure. Uh, give it to him. I would have gave you the money. No. But I'm going to give you that. Because you've had a good attitude, right? Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> there you go. That's all I got left. What does it say? Old Miss on it? Hotty toddy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing in it anyways. It'll decline it immediately. Listen, God divinely orchestrates the process. He set it up. The man of God said in Acts chapter 2, they're in this building. They're all together. There's people that maybe had questions, but they got in one accord because something's about to happen. They were in one accord. They followed the lead of Peter. They followed the leader of somebody with, with frailty and insecurities and mess-ups in his life. And they said, oh, it's not about you anyways. It's about God. And all of a sudden, as they got in one accord and one place, there came a sound from heaven like as of a rushing mighty wind. And it sat upon them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. You don't have to guess if you have the 
Holy Ghost. You don't have to guess if you're saved. If you release your tongue and release your spirit, you shall utter the gift of the Holy Ghost. Friend of mine, it's for you. It's for your family. Somebody clap your hands to Jesus. Come on. Come to the piano. That gives them a little bit more hope. Now watch this. They're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And what happens? It spills out. Because there's no walls. A church without. (laughs) It's flowing out. And so all of a sudden, they're moved by the Holy Ghost and it moves out into the streets. And it moves out into the streets and all of a sudden, all this foolishness is happening. In the streets and people, my God, them folks are drunk. They're drunk. I mean, we ain't drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. We don't even drink at 9. I mean, they don't even drink at 9 o'clock in the morning. Night time. Why? Because the enemy operates at night time. He can't come in the light. And so in the darkness, when light dissipates, darkness comes out and goes to work and starts working on people's minds and spirits. And so they spill out in the streets and all of a sudden, in the middle of the chaos, Peter, can I borrow this chair real quick? Yeah, I don't want to step on that phone. Peter stands up in the middle of all the chaos. People speaking in tongues. People asking questions. And in the middle of the chaos, then Peter said unto them, because they said, what do we have to do to be saved? And then all of a sudden, revelation starts rolling off the tongue of a, of, a, of a cursor, of somebody that denied Jesus, of somebody that left Jesus, a refurbished individual. Revelation comes spewing out of his mouth. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost somebody needs to rise on your feet and let the gift of the Holy Ghost flow through your soul because it might just flow onto the person next to you and the person next to them and we true could see an apostolic revival in this house today Remain standing. Remain standing. Revelation in the middle of your chaos or in the middle of your insanity.
So as I was finalizing my message today, I turned to Revelation because I felt like maybe we just need to have some revelation in the house. If you didn't get no revelation in the last 39 minutes, I'm going to give you some revelation from the book of Revelation. Revelations chapter 1. Let me set the picture up real brief for you. John is on the Isle of Patmos by himself. There is chaos in his brain. Let me tell you something. If John was anything like me, being by yourself is insanity. I have to have people around me 24-7. I just feel like he's in insane situation. The revelation, verse 1 says, the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel and his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and all the things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written there. For the time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be to you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. The first thing he says is grace and peace. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and, oh, there it is, washed us from our sins in his own blood. Verse 6. Here's the revelation. And he hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation number one. You've been called to be a king and priest. So if you're not fulfilling those roles, then you better do something quick. Because he says, amen. In other words, stop. It's completed. But he says, I want to leave you with revelation number two. And he said, behold, he cometh with clouds. And every eye shall see him, and all those which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha, and I am Omega, and the beginning and the end, said the Lord, which was and which is to come, Almighty. What are you hurting? What are you waiting for? You just need to let the revelation saturate your spirit. Let the revelation saturate your soul. Because the greatest revelation is He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. If you're in this house today and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, He's coming. I won't wait another day. I won't wait another opportunity. I won't let another question sort through my mind. I would say, what do I got to do? Repent of all your sins. Come on, friend of mine. God is in this house. God is in this house. God is in this house. So this is what I want us to do in closing here. I'm an hour early. I'm an hour early. It's only 12.26. And he said I had till 1.30. So we got plenty of time. But this is what I want us to do today. 
This altar appeal is for three distinct people. The first appeal that it's for, it's for those of you that are in a storm right now. And you need a miracle from God. You need revelation to move through your soul. You have got to have an answer by 12 o'clock tomorrow. That's the first person I want to come down to this altar. The second person is somebody that you don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost and you want to be saved. I want you to get out of your pews and come down. Well, I don't understand everything about it. I don't understand all this stuff. It's foolish. It's, I don't know. Don't worry about that. Leave that in your pew and come down here and I promise you, you look around this room and see life change all over this place. You can't, you can't, oh my God, you can't doubt the Holy Ghost with this bunch. So that's the second group of people I'm looking for. The third group of people I'm looking for is people that are not satisfied where you are with God and you want more of God and you want a deeper revelation of His Word. I have preached this gospel for over 20 years. Started when I was 19 years old, just plowing, trying to, trying to do what I could. But it was a few months ago, I was tired of where I was and I said, man, God, I need a deeper revelation of Your Word. My people deserve more than just a three points in a poem. I want to give something revelatory to my people. And it was just a few months after that when I began to search my soul. One of my elders came up to me and said, Pastor, I don't know what has happened, but bless God, you are preaching on another level. Come on, somebody. I don't care where you're at. Elder, I don't care how old you are. you got to work for God. You got a purpose in this church. You're not just holding down a seat. You're not just going through the motion. Raise your hands to the Lord in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. If you get a hold of Revelation, I promise you, it'll be a matter of time when you'll need to. So those are the three people that that I'm, I'm looking for today. So I'm opening this altar right now. Wherever you're at with God, if you fit one of those three, one of those three, we're not going to worry about which one you do, unless you need the Holy Ghost. I want you to stand right here in the middle because we're going to know that you need it. But I wonder if you'd get out of your pew. Thank you, thank you. I wonder if you'd get out of your chair and come down to this front. Come on, somebody, throw your hands in the air. Come on, throw your hands in the air. Come on, let the Holy Ghost move through.